My name is Susie Can, and I hope you enjoy exploring with me the thoughts that come with this thread. If you have any interest in supporting what I'm doing or getting in touch, please do so through the website kylak.ie, where you will also find other resources and connections that I create around each podcast so that if some of the tweaks of interest come to you through them, you have a place to go to go a little further and deeper or to find other information or to find a way to support by maybe wanting to collaborate or offer something or even a donation. Thanks for listening. I'm here in County Mayo with Claire Templer. And um, first visit to Claire's little holding. Excited to be here. And I suppose I want to, before you introduce what we're going to see as we walk around, maybe you tell me again hmm. how you ended up here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, a real, the, the quick version okay. of. How did you find permaculture and why did you think this was for you? I moved here from Bristol in the UK about 18 months ago. Um, I had I'd actually been, I had a little bit of osmosis permaculture. Um, I'd, I've actually spent time in Australia. I think I came across it there um, in the early 90s. And then I was actually volunteer. I had a little period out of work for about three months and went and volunteered in a community garden in the centre of Bristol, which was a permaculture garden. Um, so I was very aware of it. And also festivals. Glaston, I've been to Back Glastonbury Festival quite a number of times and it's very common to see permaculture in the greenfields. So and then you and it. so then what helped you to make the leap and make the jump and come to Ireland and, and um, make your own I, permaculture I was an IT, life? I was an IT consultant and um, very stressed and just as I as I went into my thirties, I just became increasingly dissatisfied with living an unsustainable, fast life. Um, I've always travelled a lot, and I can see. Um, I can see the damage that our consumerism is doing in places that aren't wealthy. I've been to India, I've been to China. I spent three months in China looking at starting a business. Um, so I've, I've seen things that make me very uneasy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that led you to start to create this. Yes. You know, to create the yeah. so So the negative... Yeah. If you like, led yeah. to, uh, I don't want that, yeah. I reject that, and I want and to create my, something different. It was my life as well, my lifestyle. I was I was very well paid, very stressed um, project manager, living a very fast life and traveling lots, and I wanted my life back mm-hmm. to be doing things that I, I, you know, although I was well paid, my life wasn't my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I wanted that back. So I I could see that the only way to do that was to reduce my costs and live sustainable and live a much more honest, natural mm. life mm. with a lot more input into my food chain. Yeah. yeah. So you, you're here how long on the site? 18 months. Yeah. Now, 20 months, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You've been flying at it. Yeah. It seems it, it 
yeah, I, I, it's never as quick as progress as I would like. <laughs> but yeah, looking back at the photos that I took at the beginning, uh, I think a lot's been achieved. Yeah, and, and I think beat myself up. No, I think it's well worth doing that, keeping those photographs and looking yeah. regularly. It yeah. does help, you know. Yeah. And and I guess maybe it, eighteen months, twenty months on, you're also getting into the, you know the journey and not the destination part of it. Yes, you that's know? it. I don't care how long it takes anymore, as long as it's done done. I think to the best of my ability and that, that I'm happy with it. Uh -huh. Yeah, it doesn't matter if I make mistakes and go the wrong way because nothing's yeah. unchangeable. And you're enjoying doing it. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So we're in the garden now. I think, you know, I know you've been sharing a, a lot online about the house, so maybe we're going to focus a bit more about out here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're standing by... You tell me, where are we? So the cottage has got an acre. The cottage is on half an acre, just under half an acre. And then this is a long, skinny acre. It's about 16 metres wide. So it's quite skinny and quite long. It goes down. You see the hawthorn in front of the stone ditch. That's the bottom of my field. Mm -hmm. um, it, the cottage hadn't been inhabited properly for about 20 years. So and this hasn't been cultivated for that time. Um, so it was very rushy, very overgrown with brambles. Um, the drainage hadn't been cleared in 20 years, so the drainage was all, the drain was all silted up. Um, and one of the first things I wanted to do, because I, when I came here, I could have focused immediately on the house and just focused on um, getting that up together and living in the house and then doing the garden. But I decided I came here to live a lifestyle. So you might as well start that lifestyle from the get-go. So what we did, one of the first things we did was, actually before I'd even moved here full-time, is the cottage came fully furnished. So I dragged the wardrobes out of the out of the cottage, dragged them into the clearest bit of the field over there, um, and made some quick lasagna beds with some muck up the road. We cut some rushes. Um, and so that's them over there, that's their the wardrobes wardrobe. lying on their sides, <laughs> and, and filled we, with plants. Yeah, 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 filled with berries and raspberries. And I put chard in there and some garlic and onions. And I was like, yeah, I want to grow some food. So that's what I did. Um, so... As you come in the gate, I've now fenced it off and I've got some runner ducks because I had a massive slug problem. Um, and now you have a... Massive duck problem. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're quite destructive. Um, and the other thing, I wanted this, I identified quite early on as probably the best place for a polytunnel because it was near the house. It's sheltered that way south. Um so the idea was to build some soil to put in the polytunnel eventually. Um, and it turns out, it's interesting to see the changes in the site, uh, changes that I've made. Because I've gutted, I think it's, it's really soggy in there. You can see that bit over there. It's like really slushy mud going into here. I think it's because I've gutted the hay shed and the barn. And I think that's pushing water down here because that didn't happen last year. And also, one of the other things I've done is actually now a land drain from that gateway all the way down under our feet to the beginning of the drain there, because um, the water was coming down and pooling down at the bottom there, which is, is much drier, which is very dry now. 
So it's interesting to see the changes that you make kind of can can resolve one thing and then cause another issue. So it's it's that you know permaculture principle we're always talking about: the observe and interact, yeah. and creatively yeah. respond to change. Yeah. yeah, and small slow solutions as well. So that it's yeah. not too big and it, yeah. a, a, you know a correct if yeah. you need to make a correct. Yeah, and it's and it is you've got to look at it as a journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not, oh no, I've got a muddy patch. Again. Yeah somewhere else yeah so you've put a little pond in amongst your no vegetables. that was um that was already you've, there so you didn't get this boil out of that pond but i, I see here. a mound here beside it yes so to me looking at that this side is more topsoil and the other side is more subsoil and i know that's clay i've got that earmarked cob yeah um and especially as it's good if you leave it and let it get frosted yeah, so that's that is earmarked for my extension on the back of the cottage. <laughs> so you're really using your local materials yeah. from right here yeah. and seeing what they're going to be good for. Yeah, um, and the cottage came, like I said, the cottage was fully furnished. I had 200 years of agricultural leftovers in all the sheds that they offered to clear for me. And I was like, no, leave them that. Okay. So I had, I've, there's a lot of well, well, resources. Well, there's a lot of well, well resources. rotted <laughs> yours. Yeah. Yeah. That have gone in, and I see you've yeah. got as well as the wardrobe beds and some other edge beds. You've yeah. got these different raised beds around, yeah. so they've been built in a similar way with those kind of resources. Yes, yeah, I like using the rushes. The rushes compost really nicely. Um, so one of the ways that we've I've combated the rushes is just to keep cutting them. I've I, you need to sort out the drainage, sort out the soil acidity. I've limed this field about twice now. Um, and then I don't like to let the rushes go to seed again, and then I can use them in compost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? So as we look down the site, I'm seeing compost heap. Yeah, this is a hotbed we hot built bed. as part of um, the introduction to permaculture course we had here in February. So you're you're bringing in folk now to mm. to you you. I know you completed your permaculture design certificate mm. course up at Carrigdoolra with us, mm-hmm. and now you're you're actually. Taking that fertility, shall we say? Yes, and cross pollination, uh, cross pollination, yeah. and you've been bringing. So have, you've had a few um, introduction to permaculture we've courses had on two. site been ha- with Hannah yeah. yeah, energy flow through your system in the people sense. Definitely, and definitely. What, so what kind of community? On the first course, we did um, this hotbed, which is I've got a goat here who's been really helpful for a number of different functions. She's a dairy goat. She's in kid at the moment, so I hope she she'll give me some kids and she's very good at land came very good with the brambles and also her manure output so this is just the winter's worth of goat manure in some old corrugated sheeting that was salvaged when I had the sheds re-roofed um, and also looks like some old uh, wood out of the roofs as well um, and that it's just I've got no polytunnel yet because I've I wanted to observe the weather good well before I commit to putting up a polytunnel somewhere um so that's gonna help me start off my seedlings and give me just try to extend the seasons a bit longer mm-hmm. and if we were passing the hotbed on the path we go on down um we're getting into quite a rushy area here 
So I'm presuming this it was below this garden on the right here that it it's still remains quite wet. Yeah, there is actually there's this it looks to be there is groundwater flowing, so there is almost a spring coming into the start of that drain there, which is coming through here. Um, these three keyhole beds were made with the spoil out of the drain because uh -huh. I wanted to. That's obviously quite nutrient rich and mineral rich, um, so I wanted to collect that and reuse them. So I've had a really nice crop of potatoes out of it. So on our left, we've got the grey water reed bed, which has just gone in in October. Um, the bath and the sinks go into the old septic tank system, and then instead of having a failed percolation area, um, I replaced that with a lined grey water reed bed with Phragmites in and about seven, eight tonnes of gravel. And you've got rhubarb in the berm here. At yeah, the bottom I've, end of I've recently planted around. I'm quite conscious, although it's, it seems very abundant and, and green here. There's not actually that much diversity. Um, and I've got bees, so I'm quite conscious of planting things to kind of extend the pollination. So you're creating a new bed here and yeah. some of it's bee, yeah. bee cafe. Yeah, and we're also working on the windbreaks. So the, the main challenges here are managing the rainfall and managing the wind because it is it's phenomenal, the wind here. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And also because where the fields long and skinny, our prevailing wind is from the south, so it literally runs the length of the field, yeah, which funnels it. So I've got I've got alder in here. Alder's very good for um, wet soil. Grows amazingly fast. These ones at the back um, went in winter before this one, um, and literally sat in standing water all winter. And I really didn't think they would like it, but they're thriving, which is good. Great. Yeah. And I've got some hazel where I've used the drier soil on the berm. I, there's no hazel growing here naturally there is literally ash sycamore willow white thorn blackthorn that's the only things you'll find naturally here yeah so it's and, just and, in, and, and you're trialing these things then to see if yeah. there's a reason they're not here yeah. naturally or yeah. if they you could be yeah. here yeah 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 um and yeah. how they'll cope with that yeah yeah so yeah. and you, you mentioned to me as we were coming out, just what you're learning from observing, uh, even on a micro level, what's mm. going on in your, yeah. you know, as you make these changes, that there's a lot of like observation from the get go, but observation mm. as you make a change. And yeah, it's, it's amazing how much change or how a little change can affect quite a lot of, of things. Um, this has recently become a nice little sun trap here. So the, so the water comes out of there um, and then I've just got a, a nutrient trap here and then this goes down into my main pond which was dug last April. So this is where you've put it? Yeah. Last April, I had a digger in for half a day. I dug a pond. It's about six, seven metres across, circular. Um, and then he did the drain as well, the drain the length of the field. So it was quite economical to build. Um, we used the spoil out of the pond to build a berm on the north side of the pond. Um, so the idea is um, the sun comes in from the south, bounces off the... Um, pond reflection onto the berm mm -hmm. um, and it it was really surprising I was expecting this soil to be clay um, and especially up there with the we could see the the yellow clay there um, actually he dug into a meter and a half of peat 
which is quite exciting, but not what I expected. So the berm is neat peat. I also wanted to see what was in the seed bank when we cleared the drains and dug this. Um, have anything yeah, we've got some, up? Got, some, been seeing? got some land cress uh -huh. um, and some a few different... Under, I, I think this year it'll be interesting to see what comes this year. Um, I recently, observe and interact, I've dug an out channel into the drain. Uh -huh. It's quite soggy, but I've got um, cranberries in here. That you've put there? Yeah. They're not, yeah. They're not in the seed bank? No, they weren't in no. the seed bank, yeah. but they quite enjoy it. This is Blueberry, who again quite likes it. I think this is, I'm not quite sure what this is. I think it's um, fireweed. Rose Bay Willow Herb. Is it Rose think, Bay Willow I Herb? It looks very like it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Rose, which it wasn't here before. Which is, which is you can eat it as, as, and it's young, really good as young spears. Like, a, like, you know, many of the permaculture books say, young uh, spears of this taste like asparagus. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, one of those. Foster. I don't actually think any of them taste like asparagus. but It's really good for the bees. But yeah, it is. And it's just, again, I don't really mind. It's just until I think yes. of something useful to put there yep, that yeah, I want, I'm quite happy comes. for diversity to come. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting, though, I had a really nice, crop of cucumbers off of here okay outside okay in the west of ireland in this nice warm spot with cucumbers the bounce of your pond and the okay. and the microclimate yeah. you've created here brilliant. Yeah. brilliant and it's fascinating i spent half an hour lying on i've got a pontoon made out of a uh, pallet overlooking the water's edge um and it's quite quite amazing the amount of life that's in the water there's another cranberry there there's a cranberry halfway up the berm, which isn't nearly as happy as further, further down. Got bees last June. It's, it's quite nerve-wracking. <laughs> it is quite nerve-wracking. Um, so here is really interesting. Um, I've, I've just planted, that's got a, a willow spiral maze in it that we planted on the February introduction to permaculture course and then this I've planted all through here a couple of days ago with alder and some birch along the path um, but that's really wet there that pools and you get standing water there and I think that might be runoff from next door field mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's some flag irises which always indicates it really went it's actually a really nice little warm spot sheltered from the berm yeah because the berm is what we were talking about um yeah. before we began about uh it deflecting the wind yeah. as a small wind break space yeah. so yeah. it's only Just the shadow yeah. sort of the shadow behind it but it is yeah. giving us yeah. a nice deflection yeah yeah 10 Lovely. times the height isn't it what really we're looking strong. at just now is your two hives yeah and uh it is quite warm today in the early march yeah. And I see, from this hive, I see bees flying. Yeah, there are. Um, I watched them earlier. There's pollen going in. But this hive... I have a queen. There are. They're, they're not as active anyway. No. As, uh, and there's this, a light, there is a little light bit of a breeze on them, so maybe yeah. they're not liking that to come out today. Yeah, I came and watched them earlier. In the, in the sun, when it was sunny early yeah, this morning. This yeah. one is my stronger hive. Um, they've got a lot more. So I fed this one at the beginning of January. Did you? Yeah. Um, and this one had really bad varroa. Mm -hmm. But oh, they, they, okay. they seem to have survived okay. so far. But March is a bit tricky. Uh -huh. You're nearly two years into this lifestyle of yours. Yeah. Like, what's it been like living the dream? <laughs> yeah, I... Is it, you decided it's for you? Yeah, 
the self-sustainable yes definitely I I feel I I can see I can tell in other people that spend a lot of time outdoors you can see it in them I think you can see their groundedness and I kind of feel quite like that um and it is just the the slowing down and being able to concentrate just being able to breathe and concentrate it's like you know it's all perspective isn't it so that feeling of the vision at the beginning of getting your life back yeah is it coming back to you yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah and is there anything you would say because in in my traveling and just around ireland and talking to people and or on the permaculture courses or at the permaculture gathering i meet a lot of people on the brink of that same mm. contemplation saying mm. my life's not sustainable or yeah. about the the mainstream direction is not my direction and they're about to embark on this is there yeah. anything that you would say to them about it um experiment don't I don't think anything is permanent. Nothing is permanent. I, I, I see this as something that I will be doing for the next five years, five to ten years. I'm going to give this, really enjoy it, enjoy the journey, and then I will reassess. And if I'm not happy, do it. Or there's some other challenge that I would like, because, you know, there's lots more to me than this. <laughs> um, I will decide to go and do that. Oh, you might do that. Yeah, yeah. but this this is it for now. And uh -huh. I'm, I'm committed to doing this. Yeah. And I'm quite happy with that. Really happy with that decision. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much thank for um, joining me on my early podcasts. <laughs> Thank you.